Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Don Raffa, and joining with me today is my co-host, Mr. Anthony Dana. Oh, we're, oh, we're live. Oh, hi. Hello, everybody. Happy January. January. Yep. 2023. It's our first time recording 2023. Recording. Yeah, but we did a show that recorded in... Well, it launched. Yeah, it launched. Yeah. It dropped. Awakenings. I heard some good feedback from that from... Uh, yeah. A few of my students, yeah, they got a kick out of it. They uh we're doing pretty pretty okay. Yeah, you know. Got some fans out there, I I think. <laughs> as long as people enjoy the podcast, that's all that matters. And uh Well, we love doing it. Yeah. It it's uh mm-hmm. it's a uh, labor of love, isn't it? It is a labor of love. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> oh, that just segues into uh our topic, such as life, acceptance, and stoicism, right? Yes. So you heard about a cool dude that you wanted to dive yes. into. So I I really enjoy stoicism, and I um, thought that we can go back and maybe touch on different stoic philosophers here and there. And so one in particular that I thought would be uh, good to go uh, talk about and uh, investigate a little bit is a gentleman by the name of Zeno. He's the founder of Stoicism. And so that's what the podcast is on today. Stoicism, Zeno, his teachings, and again, how it coincides with CBT and the like. So we should start, I guess, with our quotes for, on Zeno. Yep. Uh, so why don't you go ahead with your quote first and tell me what it, what, what your quote is and what it, I can't, how it, how it, how it, uh, how you can explain it and how you like it, how much well, you like it. So these two, actually there's two that kind of mm, go together sort of like birds of a feather. So I'm going to Kind of reference both, okay? Okay. Better to trip with the feet than with the tongue was by Zeno. And he kind of also, he said this as well, which I think goes together. We have two ears and one mouth, so we should listen more than we say. So it sounds to me, aside from the should, that um, better to, you know, watch what we say, can't take back what we say. If you're going to make a mistake, I guess, better to trip than trip over your words because they can't be unheard once they're out there. And the other one is about listening. So maybe being better at listening rather than jumping into saying something, defending yourself. So we all tend to do that, especially if we're faced with an argument or criticism. We're not listening to the other person. We're just waiting to zing back a retort, right? Yeah, that reminds me. So my brother, growing up, my brother was 10 years older than me. So he often reminded me uh, something that our father used to always tell him that I never really got. I, again, I didn't start talking until I was four. So I guess I didn't really have this issue with, with my father as of yet. But my father used to tell my brother and my brother passed it on to me, mouth shut, ears open. And there's a lot of wisdom in that for, I think, everybody, but especially children, especially, you know, youngsters growing up and, and you, they should, you know, observe and and take notes and be aware and listen and and uh, again listen to the right people and part of that is listening to decipher who are the right people <laughs> to listen to and who are the ones okay I'm avoiding this one at all costs or I'm not listening to this idiot you know but uh, I'm not going to argue with that idiot cuz you know arguing with an idiot is uh, <laughs> pretty um you're not going to get 
it's not like like arguing with a wall, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I like that one too. You know, as far as um, well, it also reminds me of mindfulness, which a lot of this um, the stoicism, particularly Zeno's, um, is very similar to Taoism, 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 which obviously is Eastern philosophy. A lot of the th- same themes about suffering and mindfulness. So it's like being mindful of what you say and how powerful our words may be, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, right. What quote did you choose? Um, I chose man conquers the world by conquering himself. And to me, it's uh, like uh, back to uh, know thyself. If you want to, you know, you can't, you got to make yourself happy and you have to be a better person and, and know, know yourself and then you'll be able to do things. But in order, in order to do that, you need to know your capabilities, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Right. Um, and then what you're really good at, just, just, you know, really, really like hone in on what you're good at and make your strengths, you know, like, like, I think I was, I forget who it was I was listening to. He said, um, people, instead of like, you stop trying to be good at everything. You're not going to be find the one or two things that you're really, really good at. And then like tunnel vision in on that, you know, where you're just like, you make those things so ridiculously good that you know they, that there's not many people that are as good as you at these certain that see these certain things. He goes, be comparable at everything. Like don't like if there if there's mm-hmm. something that you're really bad at. Like okay, try to. He's not saying don't try to improve on everything, but really spend the time on the stuff that you're really good at because it can be a definite. You know, I guess. Oh God, I can't. I'm sorry, yeah, it it could be just a, like a definite, you know, major um, frustration. Man. Yeah, super. No, you can you, you can make that into a superpower of sorts in, in, oh, your, in your life. Yeah. You know, like the ones the things that you're good at, you can you can be so good at it that you know you, you can find your way, whether it be a career or just you know in life or hobby. Like yeah. A, like so, pickleball. but I, I like I like you know you have to you have to you know <laughs> like a hobby like pickleball. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Pickleball. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I think that people have a lot of fear, you know, especially when they start to be self-reflective and intuitive about themselves and they take themselves too seriously. So therapy can be scary for them because it's easy to blame the shoulds in your childhood and why things aren't fair and I'm just not good at this. And, you know, so to be aware is actually um, a strength to be able to do that. And also to have humor and laugh at yourself. Yeah. Don't take yourself so seriously if you're not a master of everything. You're better to be a master of none, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before you can criticize somebody else, uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson said, make your own bed in the morning, you know, like, cause you have to keep your house in order, keep yourself in order before you can criticize anybody else or, you know what I mean? Because otherwise, what do you, you know, you can't even, you can't even make your own bed in the morning. And it's like mm-hmm. some, something simple as that, you know what I mean? Like you can't even take care of your, your own, you know, your own backyard or your own household. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to, you know, you gotta, you gotta point your finger at everybody else when you can't even do that little thing like that. Mm-hmm. I make my bed. And we're going to do a, um, a show on maybe the philosophy of pickleball. Mm. Oh, God. Would that be good? Just thinking out loud. Philosophy and psychology. Psychology. So, yes. Well, it's philosophy, too, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> no, the way to serve is like this. No, the way to serve is that, like that. Mm. This is the way to serve. The know-it-all or, or the kind of people. I'm still gathering data on this. The kind of people that conglomerate together to play. And the types of personalities that are there. Yeah, the schools of thought of pickleball. <laughs> the schools of pickleball. Schools All right. So we, um, 
you had some questions. Or some well, I thought we would just go back points. forth and just discuss Zeno and, you know, like just to give a quick background to the audience. And please, by all means, um, there's a great podcast. It's um, The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. Uh, that's where I got some of my information. So if you want to take a look at that. And we're just going to look at who is Zeno and uh, discuss uh, his background a little bit for everybody. So did you want to start or do you want me to go into I what I I didn't take notes. Oh, I watched the videos, but I didn't take notes. Okay. I mean, I've got a little, yeah. I've, on um, the time period, 800 BC. Yeah. So Zeno was on a voyage between Phoenicia and I think it's uh, Pierius and his ship sank along with his cargo. And he was a pretty wealthy man, and he ended up in Athens. And while visiting a bookstore, he was introduced to the philosophy of Socrates and later an Athenian philosopher named Crates, that's C-R-A-T-E-S. And from there, he started to learn different aspects of philosophy and eventually, I get, basically came up with the the school of Stoicism. I figured it was called something else before that. I think they were just called, his followers were called um, followers of Zeno, like Zenoites. Z- Z- he changed his name. Yeah, he changed the school and also his name a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he invented, well, created Stoicism, which was what? In between cynicism and what's the other one? I forget. Sandwiched in between. Wasn't like super cynic, but no, but um, Marcus, Marcus Aurelius stuff. Yeah, well, well, Marcus Aurelius is probably going to be the, like he like so there. So the it's funny. So the person who founded um, founded Stoicism isn't the most famous Stoic. I think right. the, the the famous Stoics that we get most of the quotes from are guys like Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus, who was a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the three major ones that I've I've noticed quotes from, especially Marcus Aurelius because he mm-hmm. was emperor of Rome. Right, Zeno doesn't get much. Credit. Yeah, Zeno. I mean, he yeah he founded it, but like it seems mm-hmm. like everybody who learned the the philosophy from from him basically took it to a different way, you know, way higher level as far as thought and and good good ideals. You know, um, his are okay. I mean, it wasn't like he came up with anything. I, I mean, I like, again, like the quotes were good and some of his teachings were, were pretty, pretty, pretty nice. But, you know, he's just, he doesn't have the, I don't know, like, I guess the, uh, the celebrity mm-hmm. or the, you know, again, or the, or the, you know, great, you know, f- teaching style philosophy, uh, the edicts that the others had after him. So, well, so he thought that, um, you know, the pursuit of happiness, living a good life is, and happiness is living a virtuous life as opposed to, and the opposite of virtue is vice, right? Like, so using reason and logic as opposed to, I guess, emotion, right? No, he said pathos. Was it pathos? Um, I'm not taking notes on these videos. Like, I wish I would have. So living a good life, which we've talked about how that is in line with um, ACT, acceptance commitment therapy, living a, you know, a good life. What does that even mean? Purposeful, right? Like mind being mindful about the choices we make and I guess letting reason guide us. Mm -hmm. So what about Zeno did you admire or did you like about him? Well, I liked that, um, you know, he talked about how worrying is kind of pointless, you know, worrying about things we can't control. And he also talked about how basically suffering, it's suffering is more in our head than in our life, sitting and imagining how things may be and and not actually going out and practicing it, worrying about what we cannot control. And I like the the way that he reframed his uh, shipwreck. His shipwreck because he like, you know, he came from a man of he was supposed to be a merchant, right? Mm-hmm. And he had wealth and then he was shipwrecked 
in Athens. So instead of being a victim about that uh, experience, he reframed it into um, this is what is my life now, which is now becoming a philosopher. So he saw it as positive as opposed to a negative. Yeah, I have a quote here from a uh, biographer who asked Zeno how he became a philosopher. And he joked, Zeno joked, now that I've suffered a shipwreck, I'm on a good journey. Um, yeah, like the shipwreck wasn't the journey. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, his journey began. Mm-hmm. According to another account, you've done well, fortune driving me thus to philosophy. So this, I guess he found the life that made him made him truly happy mm-hmm. and it took a shipwreck to do it. Yeah, tragedy can do that. Like sometimes people get stuck in their tragedies and why did this happen? And it's not fair when maybe that's you know, the beginning of something, like a new beginning of something. Absolutely. So he fell into the bookstore, I guess, right? And he discovered this whole new world. Did you say, did you say bookstore? Fell into the bookstore. Did you say- Did he meet somebody today? (laughs) Did he meet him at the bookstore? Met somebody at the bookstore. I met somebody today. Okay. All right. We got to stop with the inside humor. Inside (laughs) He Maybe he met somebody there and he discovered philosophy and fell in love with philosophy. So apparently he was a very modest man and he decided that living a good life was not about seizing the most riches um, and dying in a tomb made of gold. What matters most is that we accept this world as it is and change our own perception to find peace. So that's very CPT-ish, right? Things happen and it's our perception of what happens. And I really like this idea of um, we get to do things, right? Like instead of we have to or we should, we get to record this podcast. We get to walk outside. We get to make food, not like we should. We get to go to work every day. We get to breathe. We get to kind of like it's a, a... What's the word? Um, it's an opportunity. It's an um, opportunity or yeah, a privilege or... It's a, yeah, it's a, if it's a... And then this idea that he had about things happening for us, not to us. So the shipwreck didn't happen to him. Right. It happened for, for me. Right. To be able to discover... Life is a gift. <laughs> Life is a gift. Now, this is a practice, by the way. This isn't like easy to just change your thinking and live by this ideal because we constantly get pulled away by our emotion and how you know, caught up we are in our feelings. So that's why he says that we have to live according to logos, which is rational thoughts instead of emotional thought. Well, or emotional mind. And everything that he says and everything that I think most of the Stoics say, I think most people would agree that that makes sense, but applying it, Mindfulness. I'm not, I'm not that person to apply it. Like I would like to be that person, but I'm just not. And a lot of the, and a lot of, I think, you know, the bridge to get from, from, I'm not that person uh, or I'm not that person to, I would like to be is just want to, like, how bad do you want to be that person? Right. And it's moving towards it. You know, it's not necessarily, okay, I'm this person now I'm done. It's kind of this evolving ongoing journey that we, we try to do. So I guess it's this balance between logic, logic, reason, emotion that we, we have to balance, I guess, on a day-to-day basis and seeing which, which side wins. Right. I think my final Wait, there's also the, um, oh. so I was going to mention about the social anxiety piece. Well, yeah, like, so like what, yeah, well, this kind of coincides with what you like about him. So, you know, okay. these are examples of his teaching that coincide with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. So this idea of reframing your thinking um, to our perception of a situation, not necessarily a situation that causes us to, you know, feel or think or do something. I like this idea of living a, a purposeful life 
very much a valued, meaningful life. And um, thinking about why we do things and also accepting the suffering and worrying about what we can't control is pointless. Does it work for you? No. It hasn't worried for me. I mean, it hasn't worked for me to worry about things I can't control. You just have to accept and let it go. So apparently uh, Zeno's teacher, his mentor, Cretus. Cretus. One of them. He was one of them. There was another one with an S. It's not Seneca. No, 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 no. Seneca came later on. There was a guy. Sam. Stowe. Sto, 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 Sam. Uh, Sam. We'll call him Sam. Yeah, God. <laughs> they don't have, they don't, you, these names are outdated, aren't they? A little bit. Um, nobody's naming their kids Zeno. I'm going to name I don't him. have any kids in my class named Zeno. I'm going to bring Zeno back. Zeno, can you um, begin reading at the top of the page, please? Uh-huh. Thank you. Or a pet. You can name a pet Zeno. That, 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 that would be cool. Yeah, name like a dog it. or a cat. Like Z, Zeno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. A pet. I'm not getting any more pets. Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> we can have all Marcus. the Stokes. We can have Seneca. Stokes. Seneca. <laughs> all the animals. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, why not? We can have a little group. Mm-hmm. A they pack. all sit there. And they, oh, a pack Oh, look, of they're having a little powwow in the corner there. A pack of philosophers, the philosophy pack. Zeno keeps pooping on the floor, but it's okay. He's, he's just nervous. <laughs> he's nervous. So Zeno had social anxiety. Go so figure. Well, there you go. Zeno <laughs> would be the, the, the bedwetter. He'd be he the peer. He would. So apparently he had social anxiety and his teacher, Creatus, his mentor, suggested that he face this anxiety and walk through town. I guess he cared about what people think too he much. He had stubby legs. I think he he felt, he yeah, yeah. He had a long face and stubby legs. Yeah, you know, long face, stubby legs, you know, like. So he was concerned about what other people thought of him, which as we all know, you cannot control and we're not mind readers. Right. So his mentor suggested that he walk through town with soup. This big pot of soup. Cauldron. Cauldron, and he kept going to back roads right, because he didn't want people to notice him. Right, because he thought he looked dumb. And then I guess he faced his fear to some degree. So that actually, uh, if you know anything about CBT, is exposure therapy, which is the evidence-based treatment to expose to your fears and anxieties. So instead of avoiding them, you, you face them. Now, he probably still had some, if, I don't know how much he practiced, if this was a daily thing or what, but probably had some social anxiety still, but it didn't disable him. Well, and it proved, well, I think what Cretus proved his point, because didn't he knock the soup over to embarrass him in front of everybody? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, yes. and, and he's yeah. running away. I think, I think. Nobody cared. And, 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 he, and he said, why are you running? He's like, nobody cares. You see this? Nobody really cares. They look for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or two chuckled, but then they just went about their day. Like, it's not... It's not going to be imprinted in their mind. They're going to go home and talk to their families about, oh, my God. Yeah. Zeno knocked over soup. It reminds me of something I remember somebody saying once about how you you were always paranoid about what people think about you. And then some. I think somebody said... People aren't thinking about you as much as you'd like to think they are. No. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, it's a very all anxiety disorder. <laughs> you're not that you're you're not that famous in their head. No, don't don't yeah, don't yeah. get a, you know. I say that to people all the time. Like, look, like you're great, you're wonderful, but you're not that important. Nobody cares. That person hates me. That person doesn't even know they're you exist. Busy. They're too yeah. busy thinking about themselves, you know. So anxiety disorders are all um, egocentric. Right. So some of the fun, um, by the way, some of the fun exposure therapies that I had learned about for fear hierarchies is going in the middle of a city like Boston, singing okay. on the street corner, you know, doing something on purpose to embarrass yourself, okay. singing out of key, you know, going up to 
a, I don't I think I might have said this before, going to McDonald's and ordering a Whopper, like on purpose, calling a store, <laughs> <laughs> calling a store and asking like a silly question, you know, or you, you're thinking. in a store and you're in Target. Like, how do I get to Target? You know, like just things. Oh, on yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, what's the number? Excuse, hi, operator, what's the number to 1-800-Flowers? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like something very silly. Um, and most of it is you have to laugh at yourself. So that is um, a good story. I think that, you know, to face his social anxiety. I have bad news. I do not have a game. What? I am oh, gameless. Pick. I could. A Zeno, a Zeno stoic game. Or the philosophers who said what? <laughs> would, 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 <laughs> who said what, when? Yeah. Who's this guy? Oh, yeah, you know what? We want to call it who's this guy, and I'll just yeah. come up with quotes. And you go, who's this guy? Do you want me to give you like I'll give you like a choice between two or three people? If you want. All right, you give me two seconds, I can throw that together. You we'll do that. three rounds. All right, well, I'm gonna talk about his death. Yes, his death is very it's very odd. Okay, so as much as this guy it was honored, I kind of think that he did not go out in a good way at all. And he kind of was he kind of contradicted a lot of what he taught, right? I guess. I mean, look, I mean, what, I don't know how was, I'm reading it. Well, it was a video we watched, so I don't know. You know, I guess. How I'm reading the video. How I'm reading it, how accurate it is. So I guess he was walking out of a. Was he walking out of a building or a temple? Or something? Who knows? All right. So he big, he tripped. Big baby. So this goes back to the social anxiety. Although then he died. So he he trips and he broke his toe or hurt his toe. Yeah, whatever. It wasn't. It wasn't fatal. You know, it happens. He didn't get a concussion, but apparently he was mad that this happened. Right. Right? Yeah. And he, I don't know, like he, it sounded uh, like he, he has, was he, like, this he's, isn't he, fair. He's allowed to be mad. I would be mad. That, that sucks. So I don't know if the story, so then he apparently killed himself. Either he stopped breathing purposely, which held, hold your breath until you, usually you pass out. He had other died. things going on. There had or to be something else. Or he strangled himself. That's what it's self mutilation. Did he hang himself? I don't know. It's it seemed like he was laying there and just died. I don't know. But I guess the way that they try to reframe that is that he are he he said okay this happened for a reason. I lived a good life. I'm done, and now I have to accept my fate. That doesn't make sense. No, like, I and, broke and my toe, and now I must die. Yes, and so this Weird. so this so the founder of Stoicism died because he broke his toe or he stubbed his toe. We don't know if it was broke. Heard it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. We got a boo-boo. Like, I understand the whole fatal, okay, this was meant to happen. I was supposed to have an injury, and now I have to, you know, accept it. But die? <laughs> and we don't know if he had family, right? Philosophers get married? I don't think so. Were they like monks? Oh, Jenny, he's a philosopher. You should, <laughs> I got I got a double date. I got a uh, date with you. It, Norma's son, Zeno. Okay. Listen, he had, he's, a, well, actually, no, they, they meet when he's a merchant he, and then he, he when he, rags. oh, he lost all of his, all of his money and everything as cargo and in, in a shipwreck. Oh, no, nah, it's okay. <laughs> he's not he's, now he's a philosopher. That's okay. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to marry my daughter off to him now. Did that get in the way? Love it. Like romance and relationships got in the way of the philosophy. I guess so. It's like, you're always on the front porch. Talking and yelling, and to all these people just hanging around, loitering, mm -hmm. and I feel like I have to feed them because I just feel like I have to entertain. Right? They're, you know, they look hungry. Right. <laughs> it was a lot of talking. A lot, a lot of talking. Well, they're they're Greek. If they were Italian, their the <laughs> wife would be like, "I have to feed these people because I just have to." Right. Because they're at my home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if he brought them to the house, or he just went to the school because he had a school. 
Yeah, school was his front porch. I don't think it was an actual no. school with halls. <laughs> you know, he, that's what that's what they did. They preached by their homes and people gathered. It's like, yo, let's see what Zeno's got to say today. You know, and like for free too. Like I'd be like, you you didn't give me some donations at least, yo. I got a little. I got a little. You know, I mean, come on, man. I'm giving you pearls of wisdom here. And again, they were all kind of, they were all walks of life. Some of them were rich. So I'd be like, you're going to, like the Renaissance, you're going to be my, my, my patron, my sponsor. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm ready for a game if, you, if you're ready. Oh, really? You whipped it up? It's just, yeah, it's just quotes from the internet. It's not, it wasn't that hard to do. And it's, no. we'll do three. So, so listen, all right, we have, guy? so who's this guy? And we'll go with SPA. So, you know, the, the acronym SPA. That's huh? how I remember the three big oh, philosophers. Socrates, Plato, Socrates, Plato Aristotle. Aristotle. So you tell me which member of spa said this. Okay. Which guy in spa? <laughs> I am the wisest man alive, for I know one thing, and that is that I know nothing. Okay, that is Socrates. Yes, I'm impressed. I know that one. All right. It's like, the, um, I, I heard this once in a Beastie Boy song, I think it was. Um, he's stupid. But he knows that he's stupid, so that kind of makes him smart. Mm, anyway. It's like having insight. Okay. Yes. Okay, the next one is an honest man is always a child. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about I mean, this one because I don't get it. Plato? It's Socrates again. Oh. What does that mean? I did that. Yeah, see how I did you? But what does that mean? An honest man is always a child. What does he try to say there? You should always be naive. But that's not good. When I was teaching and learning about MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction, one of the homework assignments each week was picking a mindful quality. And one of the mindful qualities was beginner's mind. So that was practicing looking through a lens of curiosity as if you're a child. So, or is that nursing your inner child? An honest man is always a child. I don't know. That's, that's, yeah, that's just one I might want to look up the uh, interpretation. How to interpret that? All right. Okay. Next one. And you never know. I might go three in a row with Socrates. So crates. You, you know, it's like I tell kids with multiple choice questions. Just keep picking B. They keep, they, <laughs> I say, okay, so it was B five times in a row. What are the odds that it's going to be B if the options are A, B, C, and D? And, and they'll be, and they'll think forever. And I'm like, it's 25%. Every time it's 25%. It could be B forever, but that doesn't make any sense. It's not supposed to make sense. It's still the it's same It's math. Odds. Yeah. Still I mean, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, it, there's never a, yeah, exactly. There's not, there's not a, you know, like a. Oh, I have to check my lottery numbers. I may be a winner. You might be a winner. Okay. Those who know, do. Those who understand, teach. Aristotle? Yes. I, I kind of like this, but I don't because I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so I don't know. So I can't do, but I understand. So, but it's, so to me, understand. it seems like understanding is better than knowing. Like what's a deeper. Understanding is better than knowing. I would think so, wouldn't you think? I know or I understand. Because they're two different things. Apparently they are. Because you can't, like, if I, if I, you know, like if you want, if you know, you do. If you understand, you teach. Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I, literally, I, I don't know because I teach, so I understand. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. There is no great genius without some touch of madness. You look at me funny when you do. You just look at me like a side eye. I don't mean you, of course. No. No, I'm not mad. Oh, you, but you would only look at that as, as a compliment. Oh, so you think I'm a genius, do you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're mad a little bit. Yeah, whatever. I'm a genius. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. My phone just died, but I have my laptop for the last one. Oh, no. That's all right. Good. All right. We're going to go with Plato. Eh, it's Aristotle yeah. again. See what I did to you? Uh-huh. You keep doing that. I know. Tricking me. Yes, I am. 
I'm the trickster. Fifty of the time, you trick me all the time. But do you do you believe that a little bit? Like, think yeah. about the great geniuses of of, of all they're time, and they're some of them like you know yeah. Amadeus was a little cuckoo. Yeah, um, they have to be. Usually, they have mental illness. <laughs> no, I'm serious. If they, I think I remember reading, or maybe we could look into that for a show. If they were alive today, they'd be diagnosed with things like obviously major. Actually, we should look that into schizophrenia, bipolar. I want codicism. We'll look into that to a show. Great geniuses who were borderline, you know, Hmm. insane or or mad. They're just. Yeah. Well, great writers. Like, what's her name? Is it Sylvia Plath? Wasn't she very depressed? (laughs) Being very depressed is one thing, but being like. Yeah. But like having like weird quirks, like, you know. Like having delusions and hallucinations. They also smoked. Opium right. I mean, you take a look at. I mean, well, you know, Freud. You know, he he was he wasn't he was unhinged. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else was there? Um, Howard Hughes wasn't mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, didn't he do a Howard Hughes movie? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that The Aviator mm-hmm. or something else? Yeah, Aviator. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if he had bipolar depression. I forget in that movie. I saw I saw it a while ago. Last one. Ready? Uh huh. Be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a harder battle. That's very nice. Very nice guy. All right. You're gonna throw me a curveball. Maybe Aristotle. It's Plato. Oh, I was. Because of course I didn't choose him yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was gonna go with Plato. <laughs> I, 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 we don't know this for a fact that everybody is fighting a harder battle, but if you think it's that way, it's empathy. It makes well, it makes you think to yourself, okay. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what somebody else is going through. Yes, you're going through X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But you know, people, like people and, put on the happy face, tears of a like client. one person. That person might have everything going great, but that person might be going through something way worse than you right now. And, you know, it's like my grandmother always said, there, no matter how bad you think you got it, somebody's got it 10 times worse. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that's from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being a um, a teenager during the depression and growing up in that lifestyle in West Virginia, you know, that'll do that to you and stick with you. Humble you. Yes. Well, that's also like our show about the generations, how baby boomers have that that outlook on life because mm-hmm. they went through more suffering. By the way, any fans of the show or any any listeners, um the the first one is terrible. Don't listen to it. <laughs> it's like that, that first pancake. It's not that great, <laughs> but then the next pa- second or third fourth pancake is way better. Kind yeah. of what, kind of what I say about childbirth. Like the first child, you know, it's like that first pancake. It's not that great. And then what? it gets better at the time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> take a while. Take a while. Guess uh, where Dr. Rafa is in the birth order. So, but yeah, look for generations. Uh, that's a good one. The episodes look for uh, birth order. The one we did recently on personality traits, I thought was a pretty good one. So some people will record the first like four to eight episodes and then, you know, get like as practice. Which we should maybe look back. to do one day where we- what, to we go could, back and change them? Or? Well, we could just do maybe three episodes one <laughs> day authentic. and kill it. And then, no, no, no. And then have a month off. Well, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying to re-record. I don't want to re-record because that's our- Oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. Oh, hell, hell you say, no. No, no. That's our growth. Mm-hmm. Look how far we've come. And I'm, I am a perfectionist, but we don't have to do that. We redo other stuff. No, no. We might we might do a part two and like revisit it and talk about it again. Yeah. Like repackage it. Right. Exactly. So to speak. All right. So now we have to move on with our day. And I'm going to live purposeful day today. Are you? Yes. Going to have some purpose in our day? I have a lot of purpose <laughs> later on. Yeah. I, I, I think we have to eat. Food's good. I like food. Food's purposeful. January's half over. You know how much closer we are getting to uh, summer? 
I just like that Closer. a little bit. A it's barely noticeable, but I'm watching. Seven it's a little lighter. Set. It was not set yesterday at 5.07. Yes. It was still light out. It was. Up here in Jersey. In Jersey, yes. When we went to Vero Beach, that was cool because we were driving at 5.30 and it was still light. Right. It was after 6 in Florida. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I think that's how it is, though. Thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions at info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance. 